tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. Hi there, folks. Hi there, Dan. Hi, yeah. You right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, as always, here for my lesson. Indeed. Did you enjoy your well-earned East breakage? Fantastic. Bit of sunshine, and we came back just as the sun started shining here as well. Beautiful. Very nice, too. Yes, it was pretty good here. Yeah, it's been lovely over the weekend. It's been delightful. So what's on your guitar playing mind, dare well, I ask? Um, we tried to record a podcast a couple of weeks ago and oh, had yes. some technical difficulties, so that has become the podcast that never will be. It will, yeah, it'd be like the lost podcast if this ever gets famous. <laughs> I heard they only recorded 61, but there's only 60 out there. Yeah, like 61A. Um, so like Eric Johnson, not Eric Johnson, what's his name? Robert Johnson's lost song. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Recorded 29 and they're supposed to be 30. And... Signing signing his soul to the devil. That's right. The crossroads. Um, anyway. It wasn't quite as much as that. So the podcast was about rhythm and uh, it, it really exposes, whenever I kind of really look at rhythm um, and trying to nail the poles and everything like that, it's always one of those areas that I think I've always sort of put to the back burner mm-hmm. a little bit. So um, since then, I've decided to just work solidly on it. Um, And I've been stripping it right back. I've been slowing it right down. I've been tapping my foot and trying to get the foot tapping along with the rhythm that I'm doing as part of the actual process of playing. Yeah. And it's slowly improving. And I, I just wanted to start our podcast today by recommending to everyone out there just spend a load of time. I'm really hot on ear training, but just spend a load of time on uh, on your rhythm playing early on as well. Mm. And um, so I'll, I was hoping we could do something along those lines today and maybe talk yeah. about... I've got some things to show you that I've been working on. Okay. And maybe we can do a podcast using that later. But um, perhaps, I mean, like the rhythm, playing actual rhythm and chords and this kind of thing is something that I just need to really just keep working on mm. on my own, I think, as well. Um, a little bit at home but perhaps we could look at phrasing over solos and doing some soloing over backing tracks and looking at the rhythm of soloing as part of this whole the rhythmic journey rhythmic journey yeah yeah I would like to say a few words about rhythm as well because I, th- I think it is a little bit of sometimes the, the unsung hero of guitar playing yes is good rhythm guitar playing as we were going to say in the, the podcast, it's the, the <laughs> fabled lost podcast. Um, you know, we spend inordinate amounts of time maybe studying lead parts and do we sweep pick this, do we alternate pick this, you know, do we play it legato or, you know, sort of yeah. what tone's yeah. being used. And yet, if we're honest, unless you're completely a soloist and no, do nothing else, a lot of your time, if you're playing in a band or if you're recording or anything like that, really, you'll, you'll be playing rhythm a lot of the time. Mm. You, you think of a lot of session musicians. Session musicians are often used with, with pop acts because they're the acts with record company backing that can afford to get in a session musician. You know, count the amount of like full-on guitar solos, you know, in, in a couple of albums worth of pop music. 
Yeah. They will be there. There will be interesting guitar bits. But your glory boy moments will be few. You know, you'll probably find yourself knocking out country rhythms, funky rhythms, some power chord vamping and, you know, all that sort of thing more of the time. Yeah. That's and, you know, yeah. and, and people are being paid quite well to do so. Um, for quite a long time, I played in a, a wedding band and, and, you know, while there were plenty of solos, the rhythm playing was all important because I was the only guitar player. It was a three-piece. Mm. And so it all rests on me. It's not as though I can do all the twiddly bits, as some people say. Sit back for the rest of the song. <laughs> that's, that's right. So, mm. you know, it, it's, cer- it's certainly worth sort of looking at um, the rhythm of chords or, or rhythm of, of, of sort of you know, how, we, how we go about maybe constructing a part and things like that. And also, sort of, like you say, like the lead thing where yeah. do you want to start you said the lead thing do you do, want to look at yeah, any cool stuff shall I just quickly show you um, what I've been doing all do for the homework I know uh, what you did last summer yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I've uh, I've done uh, I've done a little bit of work on uh, on rhythmic um, notes and subdivisions right. um, and I've produced some A4 um, sheets which have rhythmic structures and subdivisions of, a, of the quarter note mm-hmm. which is if you've got a bar and you've got four beats to a bar, it's how you divide each of those four beats. And um, looking, I, I decided I'd really, really look at it. And I realised that if you talk about triplets, quarter notes, um, eighth notes, and sixteenth notes, you haven't actually got that many different variations in some way to go to work upon. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain number of rhythmic structures that you find again and again yeah and so i've been producing these so you can see as a like a down down up like 16th note structure i'll just give you a few examples and that's the other way around with the 16th notes at the beginning and the eighth, mm-hmm. eighth note at the end one with the eighth note in the middle and one all 16th notes and i've just really been trying to use this along with a few programs there's a great app uh on the ipad called eight strumming and you can randomize the strumming patterns over mm-hmm. two bars you shake it and it just comes up with this strumming pattern and then you can try and play it with a metronome and it really exposes mm. certainly exposes my weaknesses and so that's why i've just decided to just spend every practice session that i'm going to be doing over the next few months, literally working on rhythm mm. and then hopefully getting some other uh, things from, from you as well on top. But that's what I'm really going to be working on. And so I, thinking about it, I don't think there's that much out there for guitar with those kind of strumming patterns and things. So maybe with a bit of forethought, it'll be something that we could produce for people. Yeah. I mean, one sort of asks oneself, why isn't there? Hmm. I know. I think I know the answer. Go on. (laughs) I I think for many guitar players, for what we want to do most of the time, we sort of gradually figure it out ourselves. When you play enough songs, you kind of start to figure it out yourself. Right, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you have to slow things right down because it is a combination of down and up strokes, long notes, short Mm. notes... And also note groupings, you know, you're going to have, like you say, triplets, or you're going to have eighth notes, quarter notes. 
and gradually <clears throat> we sort of seem to be able to kind of rock along yeah. with things because most things are quite simple I suppose simple rhythms mm. yeah I mean where where I think people sometimes get unstuck and I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy um, but the world has changed the world of guitar playing not so much what people play although a little bit of what people play but how people learn has changed immensely yeah. in the sort of 36, 37 years that I've been playing you know, when I was a boy, so hard, wasn't it? Like, well, yeah, it's good. Was, ear training. There and, was no internet. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to know the tabs for something, you went down the music shop and you hoped that they didn't have a rock score, but they had a tab. Yeah. And sometimes you were stuck with the rock score. And sometimes in the rock score, you had a guitar tab. So you had to buy the music for every other instrument, maybe to learn your song. You mm. couldn't just go on Google and go, I want to learn. Exactly. Rap. You couldn't do it. Um, what I think it sometimes maybe did mean is that where we went and bought albums, we went and bought singles, mm. and we tended to listen to them as a whole, I think maybe that was also reflected for some of us in the way we played them. So maybe yeah. we played songs as a whole. And we played in a band because we didn't have backing tracks really unless we went and bought a CD. And that's after CDs came in. Yeah. I mean, there was some stuff on tape, but it wasn't going to be great. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I'm back in the... Oh, no, I missed it again. <laughs> so instead of getting your experience, for want yeah. of a better word, you know, sitting in a bedroom playing along with headphones to a backing track through a Line 6 pod, you've got your experience by finding a band that wanted you, mm. going and learning how to get the sounds out of your guitar with completely the wrong gear half the time, listening to the track, picking it up off friends, continuing to listen, continuing to get bite-sized chunks of information that you put together to make up the whole. Yeah. Now, do I want to go back to that situation where some of the learning is a little more inaccessible? Not really, mm. but... I think sometimes we've grown an entire generation of guitar players who maybe pick and choose a little bit because you can't do that in a band. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, who who goes to a pub on a Friday night? And oh, we got a, we got a gig at the Dog and Duck. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get so busy on a Friday. We're gonna play seventy five <laughs> songs. Why are you playing seventy five songs? Because I've got my favourite bits from all of the tunes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want all that other rhythm rubbish. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a backing track on and just play my favourite bits. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, that's right. So Fair actually point. learning rhythm and learning how to play an entire song, how to hold an entire song together is very useful. You know, when I was playing in the wedding band, we would do songs which were, you know, clean, clean guitar sound. And in some cases, you do have to pretty much strum your way through them. Yeah. And so you had to come up with a rhythm part that conveyed, conveyed the song, even if it was a song that was supported by an entire orchestra on the record. Yeah. Somehow, with a bit of harmony vocals and a bit of intuition, we've got to make this sound convincing. Yeah. You know. I've really enjoyed working in a, I've worked in a band at the moment with mm. uh, another student of yours. Uh, shout out to Tim out there if he's watching. Tim, Tim. Uh, Tim. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's really interesting, isn't it? Like, there's a song that we were working out where uh, one of the bits was a kind of arpeggiated high chord mm -hmm. uh, on, an, on a keyboard. 
and I've tried to get a, the sound on the guitar. Mm. And you start thinking, well, you can't let the notes ring into each other because it's very staccato on there. And it's uh, you're trying to get the same kind yeah. of sound yeah, using the chorus pedal. It does, yeah. It's really yeah. good fun trying to work that out. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, most of us, if we're honest, unless we really, really wanted to do it, we wouldn't sit in our bedroom going... You're not going to yeah. do that, are you? No, no. You're probably going to find something a little bit more interesting to play. Um, and that's what I mean. You know, you learn to do that stuff often when you're forced to play it in a band or yeah. when you learn sort of songs on an acoustic guitar and you want to try and carry the whole tune. But it's interesting, like, playing these different, like, kind of... Oh, such a weakness of mine. I'm almost reluctant to do this to the world, oh, show <laughs> to, me. to the three listeners You're out in America. Game, uh, something like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're a bit quiet there, mate. Yeah, here we go. I'll get my foot on that. I'm trying to keep the hand going and all that kind of thing. But when I first started doing that, it was just all over the shop. And stick a metronome on it, mm-hmm. all over the shop. So... In a way, when you get to a level where you realise it's a weakness, it's a bit methodical, but it's quite interesting because you want to get it. You want to get that. You want, and, and that feels different. That that rhythmic structure feels different to. Sorry. And they all feel different in their own way. So if you can sort of mm-hmm. meditate on them a little bit, they become part of your arsenal. Yeah. Uh, I'll finish the word. <laughs> yeah. Do you get what I mean? So, I do. I mean, I would, I would give a little bit of advice because I know we, we've got other things we can yeah, look at. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, sometimes it's really good to count the in-between beats. Yeah. People, you know, if you said to people like, what's harder to count, a fast song or a slow song? The majority of people, unless they thought you were trying to fool them, would probably say, oh, the fast song's got me harder. Yeah, but actually, actually slow songs have bigger gaps between the counts, mm. and that's tougher yeah. because you're kind of like in guesswork land unless you've got that pulse going. So actually, rather than going turn the turn that, because also gives you a slightly lumbered kind of counting feel. Yeah, you go one and two and one and two and one and two and one and two. Get the feel going. So rather than that. Yeah. Kind of sound. Yeah. yeah. And also I'm accenting on the one. Yeah. You don't have to accent on the one, but it seems to work. Yeah, definitely does. Yeah. One it's like you were one saying on the the podcast that never will be fabled uh, podcast with loss about thinking forever. like a drummer yeah that kind of so playing the high notes see it uh, seems smoother then even me counting for you yeah yeah sometimes it's just getting into the groove <laughs> it's like part of getting into the groove though often if we count the in, in between the bits <laughs> in the pocket if we're counting the in between timing we will be counting most likely some kind of offbeat 
Yeah. And with these, unless you're dividing the bar pretty evenly by four, yeah. if it's a four-beat bar, you're going to end up with something on the offbeat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's maybe those offbeats where where we're not quite locking in. Yeah. Whereas if we count them like one and and 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 when it gets syncopated and you're dropping the first note, it's really hard then, isn't it? Like Right, yeah. you are doing the right thing, though. I'm, I know I'm playing quietly, sorry. Doing Just doing, to save the world from... Uh... I'll play at a proper volume. <laughs> so, please, please. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Doing the faux strum, like yeah, you yeah, were doing, yeah, yeah. where you strum, but you don't hit the strings, is good because your hand is almost... Acting like a metronome in itself. Yeah. You know, dad and uh, dad and uh, dad and uh, dad and we're just missing that note. Yeah. That, that, I had an incident that. a few months ago where I had to dep. Now, if you've ever got into the murky world of depping, well, not no. no. <laughs> it's it's a cruel mistress because even if you know the tune, it can catch you out. You might find they do it in a different key. Yeah. Ooh, we didn't know that. I should have asked. Yeah. Or you might find that a song is done slightly differently. Or they go, oh, there's this intro bit that's different. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Guess there's no YouTube version <laughs> with that on then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it can, you know, so it's, it's easy when you're trying to get a set together and get it together quickly to miss something. Yeah. Now, I missed a schoolboy error. A schoolboy, I didn't miss a schoolboy error. I made it, sorry. I made a schoolboy error. <laughs> we were doing, uh, we were in a bar, we were playing human. Oh, yeah. By, you were there actually. I, I was just about to say, yeah, I think I might have been yeah, there. You were playing Human by the Super, Killers. Supersaurus. That's it. Yeah. And the, the the lick, the guitar lick, goes like this. Yeah, that's, that's quite rhythmic. pretty much the, the lick. The thing is, what's difficult to pick up on the, on the record, and actually it's not until you really listen closely... I got the lick. I thought I'd listen closely. I thought I was there. I was half a beat out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, like the drummer says to me, it's like you're going and 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 and. He's so, a man that plays in the pocket as well, isn't he? <laughs> so if you've got that little yeah, mute, that's your little that. missing half beat. Yeah. It's a tiny little thing, yeah, but it makes a difference. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, yeah, just just that does. just that little thing, and it's a bit like your faux strum. Yeah, having that kind of muted thing there, or or, or that kind of. <laughs> so it's just there, but barely audible. Yeah, yeah, and then kicking off with the rest of the riff. Just then, it puts it. Your hand is playing rhythm the way you want it to in the right places and the notes are now displaced yeah. but it's right well you're giving me quite a lot of um kind of encouragement i guess that i'm pursuing a worthy a worthy uh, area of my playing basically as well so absolutely i mean don't be afraid to experiment either you know combination of what what can 
fox a person is the combination of downs and ups. Yeah. In terms of the, the down and up strokes in rhythm playing can be confusing. Yeah. Because it's not as simple as, as like, oh, well, if I play reggae, it's all up strokes. And if no. I play blues, I play all down strokes. Because sometimes it, things have a better accent yeah. using an up stroke or a like better reggae. accent yeah. Using, yeah, using a down stroke. Or they're easier a certain way. With the um, Irish uh, music we played, we played some jigs and stuff like that. We won't go into that this time. We did in the podcast that will never be. <laughs> but uh, the podcast can you find it? It's like an Easter egg. <laughs> we might, we might, yeah, we might do that. <laughs> uh, but they do this kind of like um, triplet rhythm. So it's like, uh, so they do. So obviously between the two triplets, you're having to get back quicker. So you have it. So so that's quite a. So you got the did the dare did the dare down up down down up. So what I do there, yeah. And again, it's um, this is where it's such a difficult blooming subject. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to smell rag. I know. <laughs> but the reason being that it it's is. it's one of those things. If it didn't feel and sound natural no one would want to employ you yeah 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 because they think you sounded as you know as jack black said on the school of rock a little bit robotronic yeah yeah you know they it's got to to sound natural so you have to work towards those ends Mm. but some of the things that make rhythm playing sound natural are things we found out over time Mm. And we don't even subcon we don't even consciously kind of clock it. Subconsciously we're doing it, but we don't consciously sit there and go, I'm gonna do this. Mm. Um it's a bit like that stuff that I always say to people if you're into picking, watch the Troy Grady stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And he breaks down picking and stuff and he you know, these guys who he's who he's videoing and intensely looking at how they pick stuff and how they sort of manage to skip past strings and not get caught up in them, they don't kind of sit down and think of a strategy no but they've worked a strategy out over time their their hands their head their brain has figured it out yeah and come up with a solution without necessarily sitting down you know you often you don't know you're doing it working it out <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm realizing there I'm doing a faux strum at the end. Bring right. me back. Yeah, bring me yeah, back. Absolutely. And it has to be double speed. sit down and think that's what I'll do it's good to see it though isn't it it's good to like be able to break it down and analyse I think sometimes slowing things down is good you know I have had my times of having to sit there and slow stuff down stuff down yeah you know nobody sort of wakes up being able to play the guitar perfectly you know it's a it's a case of continuous you know continuously sort of evolving into a better player and continuously working on things and hopefully all that working on things eventually comes out as something that sounds good and sounds natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we hope. 
but also some of this stuff I think has possibly been honed over a long time. And when I was when I was seventeen, I was playing in five bands. That's a lot of bands, y'all. <laughs> That's some commitment. It is some commitment. <laughs> yeah. I was playing in some originals bands, so I was writing songs all the time. Yeah, I was playing in bands where band. I had to yeah. sing. Yeah, I was in the the um, the Brighton Youth Jazz Orchestra, playing a load of them, trying to bimble my way through, playing a load of of um, American jazz with musicians who were far better readers than I was. Yeah, and then I played in a big band at school, doing a mixture of jazz and pop and rock and funk and all sorts of things. And although it was a baptism of fire in some respects, yeah, it also because you knew you were the engine of the band, certainly yeah. in the big band. You're using clean sounds an awful lot. There's a lot of rhythm playing, an awful lot of rhythm playing. Solos are few and far between. It's not like a rock band where it's every song virtually. And so you have to bring the rhythm. Yeah. And after a while, there's a degree of naturalness that kind of has to come in there. You know, otherwise, it, you know, it'd feel horrible. It'd sound horrible. Yeah. You know, and I think no, that I just that. probably came over time, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's no, cool. With yeah. a little bit of working on the side, but the more of it you do, the better. The better things will become. Sometimes an acoustic guitar, although some people see it as the guitar you start on before you buy an electric. Yeah, yeah. Parents <laughs> think if my son or daughter better starting on an electric or an acoustic, <laughs> whatever Depends you have on, will be yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes having a song where you are just, you know, being able to strum your way through it is no bad thing. You know, try and keep strumming going for sort of, you know, on and on and on endlessly. And yeah. as I say, there is a stamina which needs to be adhered to. When I was doing the whole wedding bandy stuff, yeah, we used to do the Wheaters version of Respect. Oh, yes. And the guy was pretty, you know, full on about having this in play in a very timely manner, you know, quite quick and quite sort of precise. And so, you know, you're stuck there for five long minutes, yeah. You know, I think it was a bit quicker than that, even. Yeah, that's you went uh, galloping yeah, along, and you know, it went like that for the whole tune. Yeah, and you know, you dropping the ball isn't really an option, but keeping that going again, that's that's something which you you know you can sort of work work towards keeping cool. the rhythm nice and steady for long periods of time. I should work on that. Can we have a look at some? We better have phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> so, if if you would be so kind as to maybe. Find some, find some filth for me and you. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, there we go. My coffee's nearly cold, folks, so I'm going to drink my coffee. Oh, uh, don't blame you. Oh, there we go. There's the filth. Cool. So, and we've got a backing track, haven't we, Dan? We've got a backing track, it's in B minor, you can use blues, you can use minor pentatonic, you can use a normal yeah. natural minor, and you're looking at phrasing, aren't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe taking some rhythmic structures and trying to get them in or something like that. I don't know. Or, okay. Or whatever, whatever you think. Should we have a little blow to start with yeah. just for a couple of minutes? Definitely. And exercise the <laughs> It's a nice metal guitar in the background there. It's chromio. Chromio.
Fancy Fusion backing track in B minor. Hashtag SZBT. It's not that fancy. Two over five. No, it's, it's not, not that fancy. Really that fancy. The guitar is though. Although, um, do you know what is fancy? God, Mr. Kipling's. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, they are fancy. Oh, my, That's tum- not my fancy. tummy is rumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Something else is fancy. What? Fender's new Game of Thrones guitars. Oh, I've seen those. Yes, you really do have to be a fanboy for one of them. You though, really do. Yeah, you have to you, be quite. A, you have to have quite a healthy wallet. How much are they? Thirty-five k. No. Yeah, thirty-five. No, <laughs> Fender. No. Yeah, and you've got to have a collection, haven't you? As well. Really? I imagine if you get one, you've got to have all of them, haven't you? Surely. Oh, come on, Fender. So yes. they're bringing out the Jimmy Page Telecasters, the custom shop version. They're £43,000 for a pair of guitars. <laughs> not going to buy the baby a new hat. No, it's really, really not. No, no. Really, no. Fender, really. They're aiming their market there somewhere, aren't they? You know, honest? five, six grand for, for a remaster built is salty enough. <laughs> yes. 43 k Go away. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit ill. <laughs> what you want is a nice squire and change, some, change it to some Seymour Duncan pickup. Perfect. <laughs> Get some iron gears in there, it's fine. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Right, that enough of this frivolity and jollity. But, you know, Fender, what are you thinking? Yeah, 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 exactly. Really? It's, it's quite sad, isn't it, really? In some well, ways. I mean, I suppose, you know... They're going to make their money. Everybody needs a hobby. Yeah, you know, if there's a market out there, people people will go for it. Mm. You know, I like nice guitars as much as the next guy, but some stuff it's just like they're just kind unreasonably of unreasonably salty. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like they're going for quality. They're just going for the cliche, or they're going for the the thing they know is going to add ten grand on, and it's you know i mean i guess somebody in the future maybe will be able to kind of you know view them as collector's items and possibly if you get a real mm-hmm. game of thrones fanboy they might you know yeah throw more money at it i mean they'll still be nice guitars oh yeah but they're just not nice guitars that you're going to want to go out and play no exactly yeah, they're going to want you know, to sit in a box somewhere. Everyone moans about relic guitars. I love that guitar. It's awesome. But do, do you know what I think about relic mm. guitars? I don't take it to a gig and worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, to the uninitiated, to, to, to you and me, we look at it, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we're thinking kind of old Fender, even though it's an exotic. You know, we're kind mm. of thinking the vibe of the old yeah. kind of old school Fenders, and that's there's a certain charm with that. Yeah. You know, nice image, but, yeah. But most most people who are brazen enough to steal a guitar from the stage don't think like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want the glitziest, chintziest one. This one might go around. It's yeah. quite glitziest. Keep an eye on this. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, my PRS looks more dressed down than yours, strangely yeah. enough, doesn't it? It's got a certain glimmer to it, hasn't it, I suppose? I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a barometer of your average audience. No offence to audiences. <laughs> I played I played a gig once in Bromley, and I, I had a no Les- offence to Bromley. No offence to Bromley. <laughs> and I had a Les Paul standard. It was one of the yeah. 2015 ones with the super wide neck. I loved the tone, loved the build quality. Didn't get on with the neck. Had it for a couple of months. Thought, yeah, I really want a Les Paul. This isn't the one for me, so I sold it. But I overheard a couple of that <laughs> near near the stage. Like, well, you know. And I put it on the stand. It did look pretty cool on the stand because there's a bit of sparkle in it. And sparkly sort of edges yeah. to the paintwork and stuff. And I goes, well, it's a real Gibson. It's not even an Epiphone. <laughs> <laughs> like that. that told me all I needed to know. Yeah, yeah. The quality of your audience right there. Yeah. <laughs> they were impressed though, so that's quite nice. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're taking an interest. Granted, but it worried me. My guitar heart sank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we digress. This um, unfancy, fancy backing track. Yeah. So we were looking at different different phrases. So how did you feel you got on with, with phrases? Well, I was things? just sort of noodling along, basically, I feel. Noodling along. Playing okay. the occasional notes and that sounded nice and missing bits and, you know, that kind of thing. There's a couple of ways we can sort of think of the, the rhythm of, of, yeah. of things. Because also it's what does this rhythm do to that rhythm? Yeah. You know, and again, it's back to partly back to this pulse thing, having that timing going on in your head. If you don't know what the timing is, how can you throw timing around? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, displacements. You, yeah, you, yeah. You simply can't because you don't, if you don't know where the beat is, where you, you're stuffed. If you do happen to throw the beat around, you're lucky. Yeah. So, first thing is maybe how you group your notes yeah okay so in the basics just like you're looking at with your rhythm play you group things in threes yeah so I'm just going up B minor there Yeah, and maybe finish like I did there with a different rhythm, possibly. Just to kind of yeah. tail it off a little bit at the yeah, end okay. there, wrap it up. Yeah. Something like that. That's yeah. it. A lot of what I often see is quite good playing with licks amongst a lot of people. Yeah. But then the end of the licks don't always kind of wrap up nicely yeah we've spoken about that before we about have form yeah. oh that's good yeah. you know it's a bit like talking to someone and and like the, the, the like sentence their sentence trails hand. off yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah um so you you want to kind of wrap it up in a nice little a little parcel yeah okay so that's quite like that's quite a nice bit of advice straight away <laughs> You can, you can also do it in fours, of course. Okay, that was bad. It's 
Besser. <laughs> so I've done it a little bit differently at the end, but like that. If you took that to the pentatonic, you took that to the pentatonic in three, <laughs> stayed sort of scales there you know you can follow it through the notes yeah. it doesn't you know have to be the notes in a set order in a scale yeah yeah, yeah. you can do but you know you could have you know <laughs> So we've got da da do da do da da do da do da do da 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 phrases yeah so okay yeah you might sort of start with a, a short phrase small and then just push it out from there like you might have an instance yeah. for example where you start with a small phrase but you add a note one higher time <laughs> Yeah, 
good to do this on a backing track because it's not the kind of thing you necessarily want to be doing on a gig unless you're constant. Yeah. Sort of, uh, or well, constant's not the word I'm looking for. Confident. Then, confident, yeah. yeah. And you're, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would concur that, you know, practicing is practice. Yeah. The gig, yeah. Is, the gig is the gig. Even if it means you have to maybe shelf some of the things you really wanted to play. Yeah. But because is. you couldn't quite yeah. nail them you know, sort of playing it, playing it safe. Yeah. And sometimes it depends on the mood you're in. Maybe you've been playing loads that week, you've got tons of ideas, you've been playing lots, and you're really, really pretty well lubricated from a guitar playing point of view, and you can go in with something new, or maybe you come up with a new idea, and you think, well, I know I can do it, mm. and I know it's going to be cool, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, okay. But, you know, you might find you've had a heavy week, you've hardly picked up a guitar, and you'd be better off reverting to type than trying to reinvent the wheel that day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Keep musicians simple. and singers <laughs> and performers, we have good days and we have bad days. Yeah. You know, we have days where we're full of creativity and we have days where we're about as creative as a matchbox. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. just <laughs> being human. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. the difference is that most decent performers can kind of turn in a, a good performance for which, you know, we'll still, we'll still sort of stand and we'll still be appreciated by people. Yeah. You know, whereas somebody who's maybe, like, struggling in that area, like, you yeah. know, their good day is, is someone else playing, you know, when they're ticking over. Yeah. If you, if you know what I mean. I do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, let's try again. So, yeah. we want different lengths of phrases. Yeah. Different note groupings. Don't feel you have to slavishly adhere to going down to the same place in the scale, like you're following it through like a coil. Yeah. You know, you can follow the idea through, but apply the rhythm to notes. There's a really great little Paul Gilbert video somewhere. It's probably buried along with our, like, lost... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's in one of those... You hid it on YouTube somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I'm hiding, <laughs> hiding these things everywhere. I'm going to release them as Easter eggs one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a really great Paul Gilbert one where he... he this was years ago where he talked about following the rhythm through mm. in a lick and not necessarily slavishly adhering to going down the same old scale. You know, you could put mm. in a bit of the blues scale, you could put in some chromatic passing notes. Yep. So let's roll with that. Yeah, okay. And let's see where this where this takes I'll us. I'll do Try and keep those ideas in mind. Shall I start or do you want to start? Yeah, you can start. Everyone always says that. <laughs>
Just try one of your legs out. Going a bit too fast, man. Yeah, definitely pushing the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. You sort of get a bit more relaxed into it, don't you? A little bit more confident. Mm. Start thinking about other things you can do. Start getting a bit more creative. Yeah, it's good. It, it's a funny thing, sort of improvisation. Um, as I was saying to Tim last night, there's a, I'll, I'll probably use this famous quote, goodness knows how many times. Yeah. Culver Hayen. Carver Hay and oh, he's the yeah amazing player. He used to play yeah. for Supertramp. Yeah, and he said even the best improvisers are probably only improvising like truly playing stuff they've never played before. Yeah, maybe thirty percent of the time on a good night. Yeah, but he said when you work stuff out, when you come up with stuff, it's like money in the bank. Yeah. Now, let me explain. I'm not going. to necessarily break down the licks but I'm going to sort of show you the my thinking pattern maybe yeah, on, uh, yeah. on this on some of this so I'm looking to make it swing and groove yeah I wasn't you know? doing any of that actually the swing pattern I was avoiding I was keeping it quite rigid I enjoyed putting some triplets in at mm-hmm. one point that would be fun you can swing on a few notes so you don't necessarily need loads <laughs> Playing line 
lines like that, which kind of swing. I'm thinking of the swing, but I'm also thinking of kind of what would a horn player do? Well, you get a little horn section, mm. and sometimes you get that, you know, they've got their definite rhythms, and it's kind of staccato. Cool. Yeah. So thinking outside the box, Just thinking like kind of Fingers fall make it easier, don't they? Okay. There's certain notes I tend to use, which I know for me are the sweet notes. The ninth. Yeah. Using the minor. Th- well, it wouldn't be the minor third, so using the seventh, the dominant seventh, and then finishing on the fifth. So essentially, you're playing like an F sharp minor pen. The sorry, fifth F sharp minor arpeggio. Minor. Yeah. yeah. F sharp minor uh, yeah. arpeggio over a B minor. So you're highlighting the notes in the ninth, more or less, and then landing on the fifth. The fifth is a nice note. You can bend from the that's it. Yeah, sure. You can bend from the ninth up to the minor third. Are you there? Which kind of resolves it kind of nicely. So there's that sort of kind of melodic thing yeah. going on. So that also means that they're quite nice notes to kind of maybe finish on. So say you've gone down to a B. Rather than hang on B, because, you know... It's a bit boring, I suppose. It is a bit yeah. boring. Yeah. The, the, the risk of sounding slightly obtuse to the bit boring. But yeah. if you go down to the F sharp... Or even go down to the F sharp. Then 
But I think it's in such a way that now I've got a fairly smoothly sort of playing what I want to play through those chord, you know, through the chord changes. And of course, they have a different effect over every chord in the in the progression. This being a relatively fast moving progression, we're going back Sorry. to the B minor quite regularly. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, we could outline something in every chord, but actually, I find the melody quite nicely flows without necessarily. Just the B minor, just yeah. B minor vamp type thing, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes what cool. I'll do is I'll do. You probably heard me do this, like a bending kind of lick, where I'm bending as we go down. The sky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit harder. So starting. I started on the 17. And then down the 14. Yeah. Uh, so you get the idea of that. So yeah. that's a more guitar-y, but slightly quirky. to that F sharp yeah yeah with some of the licks I'm sort of ending by going down maybe to the note below so doing it quite quickly yep yeah because sometimes when people kind of land on whatever note in a scale it just sounds a bit crap whereas if you kind of go down to one which has a bit more meaning to it Yeah, it's a little bit more interesting. So there I was kind of coming back on myself a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, something really sort of flowing and guitar-y yeah as opposed to some of these bends. things bends are cool Sorry. we sort of got a bendy lick there which yeah. is good um, but if I want something which is maybe a little more regular say I might go for the sort of kind of very Steve Lukather-esque thing with the sort of scoopy treble <laughs> Sorry, kind of so that's kind of from the B. 
um, there you're sort of going back on yourself but clone up with yeah. the tremor. <laughs> Climbing your way up, To me, it's fairly second nature to play something like that. Yeah. But I think that's only come through probably years and years of yeah, playing yeah. over a backing track and it sounds crap, but you think it sounds great and just keep working at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. The really nasty looking Larry, Larry lick of Larryness, which was this one, I think. So, ah. so like many things, you know, I've asked people, I asked Tim last night, like, yeah. do you sit on the guitar and work licks out? And so often, if yeah. I, I don't... You've asked think, me that before and I still haven't done like, it up. No. <laughs> so, they're not, yeah. not going to fall yeah, yeah, from yeah. the heavens, you know, without work. You know, anything that you hear where someone do, where you hear Eddie Van Halen, you know, even in the yeah. early days when he was knocking stuff out, that guy sat down and thought about it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He didn't wake up one morning and go, I'm going to be a master shredder, but boom, I'm going to change the world of guitar. Yeah. You know, Study in increments. That's it. Yeah. He came, he came back, um, you know, or came onto the guitar scene in a way where, at a time when it was dying. Yeah. And as he said himself, he gave it a shot in the arm. You know, he came yeah. in with something new and something different. Uh, and there are sort of things he used which, which not many people seem to have bothered with before, like playing off the delay with his volume control yeah. in, in Cathedral, which I think was off Van Halen too. Yeah. Uh, which is super cool. You know, you've got Eruption, which, you know, the first time any of us heard Eruption, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just listen to it now. I mean, it's, blimey, it's like 40 years old and it, it sounds amazing. Mm. It's still a stellar bit of guitar playing and the tone is just something else. Yeah, you know, but you don't get there with no work. Yeah, you know, you know, you don't get there without kind of putting the hours in. Yes, yeah, and that's that's you know where I come in in a way to sort of help you find the shortcuts. But yeah, because there comes a point where you haven't got the hours anymore, isn't there? There comes a point in your life. But at the same time, I've sat down and I've worked out stuff, and sometimes it's that around kind of concepts like what if I bend this note, this note, this note. Mm. I learned to bend them accurately. Or, you know, you hear something, you go, well, there's something in there. Yeah. It doesn't sound great yet, but there's something in there. I can use that. I can I can refine it. It was a really good thing. lesson that you did for me a while back. I don't know if we put it out there or if it was one of those ones that we... Black hole edition. Yeah, it might have been a black <laughs> hole edition, but maybe it's one we should look at again where we actually uh, design riffs or look at things I naturally play and then take them out and form them. That's yeah, quite I good. I remember that. Yeah, it, it is a, I wouldn't it, mind revisiting that. 
it is about not throwing. Not now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think we're about over, aren't we? To be honest. I mean, using using a using a guitar analogy to explain a guitar analogy. Yeah. You think all those years ago, Les Paul came up with the idea of the solid body guitar, and he went to Gibson, and Gibson were making arch tops. Yeah. In the forties, and they're like, "Come on, Lester." You know. Yeah. The boat ain't leaving the harbour. This is silly. And then, 1948, Leo Fender came out with the Telecaster, first named the Broadcaster. And Gibson went, Ooh, we need to up our game. Oh yeah. dear, we've missed a trick. We've just told a very clever inventor that he's really, really silly yeah. and sent him on his way. And they got him back, obviously, to assist them in designing the solid body which became the Les Paul. Now, can you imagine if if Les Paul had gone, well, I thought it was a good idea. When I saw what Leo had done, I knew it was a good idea. But, uh, no, I ain't pursuing that. I'll chuck it all away. Start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not bothering with that. Go back to the drawing board. We'd have no Les Paul. Fail. Ridiculous. Yeah. But it's the same with the guitar stuff. If you don't take the acorn of an idea and mm. recognise it, that it's a good idea, but it may, it may be poorly played... It may not be perfectly played. It may not be played with the tone you want. Yeah. But yeah. if you can recognise that it's a good idea and you can use that idea and you can refine that idea until it until it gets good, Yeah. then it may be an idea that you can use. Yeah. I, I remember years and years ago when I went for a lesson with Phil Hillborn, typical Phil was like, yeah, playing that quite fast. <laughs> he said, have you ever thought of doing three note string? Pentatonic scales, and I was like, "Hmm, don't know, I hadn't really." I'll be honest. And he showed me a kind of a, a wild, well, well, sort of three, ways, three notes, yeah, three notes. Yeah. Of, and I thought, well, that's a pretty wild concept. And there's some people mm. who do it very, very well. But these days, it's something I use quite a lot. Mm. And it was the nugget of an idea, and I realised when I tried it the first few times. That it was not going to be easy. This was not going to be something that you nailed quite in every key. Quite just a stretch. Like <laughs> quite a stretch. But if you start with some of the little lines up here, like I did, in the key of B for this tune. So that far is played with your fingers. Then you tap 20 seconds. Oh, you're starting higher than me. Uh, I am. <laughs> I got you. Uh. That's it. But you make sure it's precise and it's. It's nicely, um, what's the word, articulated. Then nice you, move, yeah. you move down. So that one. Again, all fingers. Apart from the tap note on the right two. Uh. 
skip the E. Oh no, you play the E, sorry. Guthrie-esque thing going on. That's where you start, yeah? Nugget of an idea is what yep. can I do with that? Yeah, there was there was a big juncture. I'm going to say this now before we wrap up. There's a big yeah. juncture in my playing, a big junction, a big kind of crossroads. Yeah. When I was about twenty, I went to a rock course run by Herbie Flowers, and I met Big Jim Sullivan. And I really was at a point where I it was like, what do we do next? Mm. I can sweet pick, I can alternate pick, I can economy pick. My legato's not too bad. Technically, I guess we're we're sort of getting there. Mm. I know my scales inside out, my fretboard inside out. I don't know everything, but I'm, you know, I know quite a bit. Mm. Now what? I really well, now what? You know, yeah, yeah. I really do, you know show me the way, show me something new. And Big Jimmy invited me back to. Um, his home for lessons after the course had ended and I went there and I sat in his living room and I said do you know what Jim I don't know what to do I'm 20 years old and I don't know what to do yeah there's all this stuff I can play but I want to be challenged I want you know where do I go next what do I do and he got this massive book (laughs) it was about that thick and he kind of Gently put it down on the table in front of me. He goes, Dan, that's all scales and arpeggios. Read that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one of them. And then proceeded to try and show me something from the book. And it kind of blew my mind because I thought, I've never thought of it like this. I've never thought of kind of scales and arpeggios Mm. as going beyond the normal minor major and diminished. But here we have sort of... You know, here we have our patios, which are, are now picking up the, the sort of sevenths and things like yeah, that, yeah. and the some yeah. interesting tones. And it kind of opened my mind because I realised how much I had to learn and how far from being at the end of the rope mm. and, and where was the soap at the end of the rope. It was more of a case of, ah, right, okay, so we can go in that direction. Yes, ideas oh, cool. and theories and, yeah, it's good. You know, and this this is the, this is the thing is it's... It's not always necessarily about how fast someone plays or how many, you know, 
you know, it's like kid stuff, and the kids go, oh, mm. yes, I've got a friend and he knows all the solos from Metallica's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Master of Puppets. <laughs> you go, that's lovely. Yeah, but that's, that's good. Not, that's not particularly creative, necessarily. Yeah. He's good at reading tab books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he shows someone's put the time in, but possibly their time might have been better spent elsewhere. Mm. And this is the thing, if you can get creative, you know, as I was watching a Troy Grady video recently, and he was saying the guitar is an amazing puzzle. And I thought, what a fantastic way of looking at it. Yeah, it is, isn't what it? What an yeah. amazing yeah. way of looking at it. I've never thought of it like that, but it is. He said it's this fantastic puzzle of like however many frets you've got and six strings, seven strings, eight strings, whatever your preference is. And he said, and you're this, part of that puzzle as well, yeah, I say. Yeah, you are. And so is your, your head and your hands mm. and the lot. And, he, and he, he said, you know, it's like about unlocking this kind of amazing puzzle. And kind of yeah. like getting the most out of it, you know, from how you pick stuff or do you not pick stuff or, you know. Yeah. And then there's your own kind of sort of feel and touch in with all of these other things. Yeah. And cool. if you can look at it like that and just try and think of maybe what do I want to play? This is what I was saying to Tim is think of what you want to play, not what the other guy plays. Mm. Well, it might be part of what the other guy plays. Mm. And I gave him the example of Greg Howe. Greg Howe's tapping technique came from him listening to Alan Holdsworth and not understanding okay, wrong, it yeah. four-note yeah. string scales. He thought the guy was tapping. He worked it all out in a different way, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he, in, in a way, that's now formed part of his style. Mm. But that's no bad thing. You know, if you can kind of take an equation, even if you hear something on a record and you can't quite get it right, but maybe you can get Tom, something from it. Tommy right? Emmanuel did a similar thing, I think, with Chad Atkins. Didn't realise... Obviously, he didn't realise. Maybe he didn't realise he had a, think, a thumb pick or something like that. Oh, right. So he yeah. worked it all out using a pick. Which will give you kind of cross-picking yeah. technique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, if you can kind of think of what you want to play, what do you want to say on the guitar, mm. and now can you work towards working it out? Yeah. Lovely. Thanks very much. No worries. I hope that helps one and all one their quest. See you next time. Slaters. Cheers. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.